You're listening to In Her Words, a podcast by Empower2. Hey, thanks for checking out our second episode. We're still in the count the episodes. For the month of April, our theme is beauty. And with that theme, I could think of none other than the beautiful Annika of Animations Makeup to join us and chat all things beauty. Hi, Annika. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. First of all, you look beautiful. So if you're listening, um, I know you're not going to get the same effect, but hopefully eventually we'll get this, you know, streaming on YouTube and you can have a look and just see that um, just how beautiful our guest is today. She is lovely. And thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, So I guess I will let you start off maybe you can introduce yourself tell the listeners a little bit about you yes absolutely so as Shannon said I'm Annika I'm the owner of animations makeup that is a national um, Canadian collective of hair and makeup teams so we have hair and makeup teams uh, in Ontario that serve all of southern Ontario basically anything south of Sudbury Uh, we take care of so we go pretty far and from London to Ottawa doesn't matter anything southern Ontario we do that we also have quite a few teams in Alberta as well and some of our Alberta teams serve eastern BC so for places in the mountains in BC that are not accessible easily from Vancouver our artists from Alberta are able to go there so we're operating in three provinces hopefully to expand more uh, in time and um working on weddings and special events. That's what we love. That's our passion. Awesome. That is so impressive. Uh, So as you mentioned, you're the owner. Um, How did you get started? Like most makeup artists I see, they usually have kind of one small area. Uh, To be up and running in three provinces is so impressive. How did that happen? I am so fortunate, actually. My older sister, who's 12 years older than me, she uh, decided to secretly uh, take a course about makeup while on a trip to Europe. So here we think that she's just backpacking and having fun with a friend, but she's actually, you know, learning and getting something back. She has her MBA. She was, she had her job, everything that our parents expected. And then she came back. She's like, Hey dad, I'm going to quit my job and become a makeup artist. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Annika to leave what she's doing, me, and like join me and help me. So my wow. dad's like, both of my children are, are leaving their, what they're supposed to do in their school. And this, you know, your parents feel scared because it's like, it's like in music or anything in arts, they don't feel that there's like security the way that like with her MBA or if, if you're in healthcare or something like that. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I wasn't really doing anything huge. Actually, I knew you at this time. That's when I was at Seneca with you. And um, she was like, well, you can't do makeup yet because you have no school, but I can get you trained with someone that I know really well for hair. So I started training with this super amazing senior stylist here in the GTA. Uh, I learned so much from her. And then I ended up actually moving to Calgary, Alberta in 2014. And that's when I started working on weddings on my my own. So all of this began in 2010, worked with my sister, apprenticing, doing hair only, 
Um, if I did do makeup, it would be small jobs on my own, like for music videos or anything like that here in Toronto. Then I moved to Calgary and I decided to open animations to be my own uh, business. So I started growing the team there. I was there for five years. The team is working on its own. I still do all of the administration uh, from here, but they pretty know they pretty much know what they're doing. And then I moved back home to Toronto right before COVID hit. And uh, I, I thought I was going to spend the year, honestly, just market research and figuring how to launch animations whenever COVID was over. But amazingly enough, last year was so busy and it's just like made such a busy year for this year. We have weddings next year. We have weddings booked into 2023. Like wow. I cannot believe how animations has exploded since I land, I got back here. Like I moved home. So that's, that's the story of, of animations. It's, it's actually from Seneca that I got that name. Um, I was supposed to make a Twitter account having to do with a business that I'd want to be associated with. And I was like, well, if I had a business, what would I call it? And I ended up doing all of these steps and coming up with that name. I, I wasn't even thinking of making a business. I just kept that name forever. And I was like, this is the name. That's how I did it. Awesome. So I'll give our listeners just a little bit of background. Annika and I have known each other for a very long time. We met, we were both in school for broadcasting, although me for radio and Annika for television. I was, I was mixed media, but mostly focusing on television. Yeah. Yeah. So this was many, many moons ago and we both kind of branched out into very different paths, but somehow ended up on this audio video, look at the world's all coming together. We came full circle. So here we are now. Right. Um, that's such an impressive story to think that uh, you went from kind of just, you know, learning or being thrust in, voluntold into this field, um, into having your own business in just three years. And I wanted to touch on, you had mentioned something uh, when you were telling that story, just in terms of your parents' expectations and, and, you know, having parents that see the arts as not a real job, right? I think that's something that our parents say quite often. That's not a real job. And, you know, doctors, lawyers, accountants, something in an office or in yeah. healthcare, those are the real jobs, engineers, those types of things. So how, how, how did you have that conversation? How did you get them on board? Are they on board? now as you're now yes supportive? yeah i think i was very lucky because my older sister who's extremely type a always been like from a child just like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna accomplish this i'm a go-getter always had good grades the whole shebang she was already set in her life she had her you know her mba as i mentioned and she was working in her field and she was doing extremely well um but i i guess she 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 got married she had my um she had my niece tamia and she the makeup thing was kind of like just in between as she was raising tamia and as time went on when tamia was little we just started focusing more and more on this business which at the time was called mixed cosmetics and um working on weddings like all over Ontario, which was fantastic. I love to travel. And as I mentioned, our, our age group is so vast. It's 12 years. Yeah. So when I was little, my parents were at work. They were just like, we're not to my sister, like take, take her, like you're mm -hmm. raising her basically. So right. she, she changed from a mom into my sister during those working years, which was amazing for me. Um, but because she, as the one who was 
not flighty or going from thing to thing, which is my personality. She was like, she knew how to present it to my dad. She came with a five-year plan. She came with how she's going to propose the business to the bank, everything which she knew to show him, yes, this is something unconventional, but I see it becoming profitable, which is our parents' only concern. Yes. You know, we're very lucky that we have parents because a, a lot of, all parents, but a lot of ethnic parents, especially parents who are South Asian, um, have this idea, not only do they want their children to be rich so that they don't have to suffer in life, but they also want their children to have a job to be like to someone else. My daughter does this. My, my dad looked at everything. I remember we were in our old house, we were sitting there and he was like, clearly impressed with everything. She, he's like, if you do this, you have to be the best. That's all you, that's all that there is. You do this to be the best at it of whoever's out there, be the best at it and we support you. So she was like, okay. So we started, she already kind of had money set aside to invest and create all the things that we were doing. And um, I was so lucky that she was like, and I need Annika to join me because I always had an affinity for beauty, even beyond that, I even thought of even making it a business. You know, Definitely. when I was in Seneca with you, I loved journalism and I, I love being on a camera and I love presenting and everything like that. But I, I really feel that hair and makeup is my passion. And I've done it since I was a child. Actually, all through high school, I used to do makeup for $5, hair for 10 and eyebrows for a dollar. Until I was in the best prices. All the money that I saved, I bought my prom dress. I bought my, I bought my prom tickets with it, all my shoes, everything with the money that and I didn't even realize I even had a thing. Like if it's someone's birthday, they got makeup for free. I was running a business. I didn't even know that I could fit like that. What I was doing. That's so incredible. So here's something fun that you may not even remember, but I mean, I can attest to because I remember walking over to the bus loop at York late nights and you giving me makeup tips. Oh, well, I was reading this in a book and telling me about contour and guys, for those of you listening, like contour, everyone does it now, but this was 13 years ago. Right. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, I saw this really cool thing about contouring. And I remember those conversations. So I can definitely attest to you. This always just being such an integral part of you, whether you realized it was a business opportunity or not. So it's so great to see you really turn your passion into a career. Like this is something that so many people dream of doing. Well, thank you. It's, it's honestly, you know, I will never like undervalue what people who have these not nine to five, but more conventional jobs, whether they're in healthcare or whatever, of course, those roles are necessary and required and valued in society. A hundred percent. There are other kinds of value for the, for creative people. And I feel really great because, you know, I get to be part of someone's uh, wedding day, which is for the average person, a very special day in their life. Some people have been dreaming about it for a very long time and they have a vision of themselves. They don't know if it's possible or they don't know if it can come true and we do our best to make it come true. So I am so grateful that my parents had the mindset to be like, well, you know, it's not something that we might've chosen for our girls, 
but if they are doing their absolute best and they're they're rising up and they're succeeding then it's an accomplishment no matter what the what the type of work it is so i we i was very fortunate to have you know parents like that who you know had their reservations this is it this is the plan what you know it's funny because there might have even been an element of oh Thank goodness Annika finally found what she wanted to do, right? Because you said yeah. you were kind of all over the place. So maybe it's not conventional, but oh, thank God she found something, yeah. right? No. A little bit of relief there. So shout out to Renata for helping you find oh. your path. Yeah, that was amazing. She, and she just was like, come on, let's do it. And I needed that because, you know, I was definitely that person, that more of a laid back type B personality, but that's how we worked so well together. She led the expeditions and I did whatever she needed me to do. And over time I improved and I honed in my skills. And then I finally, um, I went to school for makeup and that's after I graduated, she was like, okay, now you're allowed to do makeup professionally with us, like on weddings and stuff. So I was like, yes. So I wanted to ask you, um, what were some of the challenges that you faced? So you found this thing, you love it. You were so lucky to, have someone bridge you into it and to already have connections. Um, but despite having those connections, so you're building now this business, you moved out West. Now you're on your own. You don't have your sister for support. So what were some of the challenges that you faced in, you know, starting the business and um, maybe gaining credibility in a totally new market? Like you go in and there's already people there, seasoned professionals and, you know, this can be a very difficult market to break into. So talk to me a little bit about some of your challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I moved from Toronto to Calgary and Calgary over the years has developed quite a bit, but it is visually in terms of demographics, very different than Toronto. There is definitely a, a, a much higher and, and more visible population of Caucasian Canadians in calgary versus where i feel there's a very good mix of all ethnicities here in toronto we're so lucky here we're we're very very lucky and we get exposed to so many cultures in a really authentic way here mm -hmm. you know nothing is kind of toned down or altered to suit people um like the majority of people it's all very authentic so you take it or leave it you know, and everybody mm -hmm. kind of, I remember growing up as a child learning about other people because I was in school with other kinds of people. Mm -hmm. But um, when I got to Calgary, it was still kind of very separated, not separated, but there were still kids growing up, even at the time that I was there, where they didn't have that kind of um, means of learning about others until maybe high school or even until university. So, um, when I when I got there, I was working in retail, having to do with cosmetics. So I work usually at like higher end luxury brands. Like I've worked for YSL, I've worked for NARS, which is super fun. NARS will always be one of my favorite brands forever working. Um, and a very uh, bridal and mature skin focused brand, Bobby Brown. Mm -hmm. So my times working with these brands and at high end luxury retailers, I was doing that full time and then trying to see what I would do on the side to be doing weddings. So I had to make my own website on my own, come up with, you know, a pricing structure, considering that I was new, 
source any photos of what I could to create like a portfolio of people to understand me and uh, try to be as visible as possible and to be found so that I could get booked. And it was, it was definitely a challenge. Um, I was really lucky though with my experience between NARS and Bobby Brown. NARS is so eclectic, but they focus a lot on skin even before they became part of Shiseido. And Bobby is so focused on natural, natural enhancements and, and uh, they're two opposite sides of the spectrum, but being trained by both brands really helped me find a really beautiful middle ground of what became my signature look. Mm -hmm. So I created a signature look in Calgary um, that was what I would probably say is like a glamorous mountain bride. So okay. Calgary, Alberta itself is like Texas. Okay. So everybody, there's a lot of weddings that I've been to where the brides, they have red cowboy boots under their dress or they get married in a barn. It's interesting, like a different world there yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I came up with, because I found that a lot of the natural makeups, there was, they were so bare that I really didn't feel that the brides really stood apart from the rest of the, their guests, just like, except for their dress basically. And then the, the glam makeups there were very like pageant, like I'm Miss Texas this year, which a lot of people <laughs> don't want that. Right. So I had to find a, a, a kind of a blend of those two. So I, I focused a lot on eyes and doing that kind of natural skin where there's a, there's a photo actually on my website that is so, so famous of a girl with red hair actually. And she's looking down, she has a great, like a smoky gold eye. Um, and her skin is perfect. There isn't a, a single flaw, lipstick, everything, lashes, but you mm -hmm. can see her freckles mm -hmm. through the foundation, even though the foundation was evening everything out and making it so, right. so perfect. So people get that vibe. It's like, oh, like it's, it's definitely more special and more different than what I would do on a regular basis or like even for a special occasion myself. But it's mm -hmm. not so much that I feel like I have a mask or that I'm caked on or something. Because mm -hmm. these kind of mountain brides, which we do a lot in the mountains, they, they, they want to have a look that suits their, their theme, which is on the natural side, but not so much that it's like barely different from what they would wear to go to dinner, you know? Yeah. So I mean, you still want to look like yourself on your day. Right. And I think too, that you could really hit something out of the park in terms of achieving a look that you love. But if it, if the bride isn't used to seeing their face like that, mm -hmm. they aren't going to feel comfortable. And then that's going to have a trickle down into their whole experience of their day. They're going to be super self-conscious. They're not going to love their pictures. Like it can literally take away from every aspect of their day. Right. Yeah. So you walk a a really fine line there finding that perfect we want to glam you up but we don't want to make you not look and feel like yourself right exactly and i mean i do get a, i did even there in calgary get a mix of brides i would get brides from other ethnicities as well asian middle eastern south asian and whatnot um but what i love so much is after i established that signature look and i was getting more bookings as it was opening up I said to myself, you know, I want to have a client that is an animations bride, not necessarily based on how they want to look, but mm -hmm. of 
like one specific look that I only do one look, but because we tailor our services to what they're looking for. Mm. So it was the very fine line between being that person that says, oh, I can do everything and have it be very confusing or being someone who's like, I just do this and this is what I'm known for, which works for some people. Sometimes when you really niche yourself, you become very yeah. successful. And a lot of times when you have too many things available, um, it can actually hurt your business. So I wanted to be able to do that, taking whatever, what like I would investigate about their theme and what their culture is and everything about their wedding, learn everything possible about them and their family to see what was the maximum of what is normal and traditional for them. And then have them meet that kind of halfway where it's like their comfort level meets that. And that has been what's been special about animations because we get so many brides who are like, I want this for my wedding, but for me, I want it designed for me, for my face, for my features, for how I feel about makeup and what I'm comfortable with. And that's what we do. So um, it was a definitely growing pains over time. Um, I, I apprenticed under other artists who um, had kind of us working for them under their umbrella as freelancers. And a very, I was, one example was I was a part of a very prestigious wedding and the photos came out in a magazine and I wanted to put the photos from the magazine on my website. So I put them on my website and then I left for Mexico. And while in Mexico on vacation, I got an email from a lawyer saying that I must remove the images from my website because I wasn't allowed to use them. When I invested wow. further, the makeup artist who had hired us to do those makeups, she just did the bride, neglected to inform myself and the other two artists that were there that only the person who signed the release could use the images from the wedding. So because she signed, everyone thinks that all of those looks from her wedding are by her and oh, only no. she can credit for that wedding. You know, I was going to ask you um, to kind of piggyback on the challenges you faced as you built the business, being at, being that we are, you know, Empower2 and we are all about empowering young women, but women in general, overall, what were some of the positive and negative interactions that you had specifically with women? And I mean, you answered that without me even asking, like, talk about, I can't even imagine how frustrating that must have been for you. If I had just known, I would have signed. Like my mind didn't even go to that until right. way after realizing that she just wanted everything to herself. What a learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, now that I'm with animations and I have team members, I try my absolute best to make sure that they're getting education, that they're always furthering their skill set. Um, I've bought tools for my, for my artists. I've bought them airbrush kits, um, lashes, supplies, like whatever they need to, to get, um, to get out there and get ready to work. And, um, we're always working together to, to learn more about what we can do to better ourselves, to give better service and to have better results always. So that was a, certainly a, uh, an experience for me where I was like, 
I ever run my own business. I was like, Lord, don't even let me run a business. If you know, in my future, I'm ever going to do something like this. You know, um, I think that applies to everyone because I'm not in the makeup industry, but I've certainly been in positions at work where I've had support people that I'm like, oh, as a manager, this person is amazing. I really want to take these things when I'm managing my people because I've obviously had both dynamics. I've supported people, I've supported teams, and I've still had bosses that I answer to. And then on the flip side, I've had managers where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I never want to be this person. And I have to sanity check sometimes when I'm dealing with the people I support. Like, am I embodying all of the good things that I want and not being that person that I couldn't stand to work for. So good for you for being aware of that, because I think that's so important. What was something that was missing or maybe still is missing in the industry for young newcomers? I definitely feel like it's very hard to find uh, somebody who is somebody or, or a organization who are purely interested in the development of newcomers that has nothing to do with their own benefit. So, you know, everybody tries to make a business opportunity when it comes to teaching others. And for example, I'm in the process now of interviewing and will be training some new artists on our team who are juniors. And um, I had, I've had junior artists tell me before, like, Oh, like, I'm so excited to be considered by you. Here's, here are some photos of what I've done, blah, blah, blah. Please let me know how I can assist. And I was like, yeah, you know, if we need, if we do these tests and we do the training and I feel that you're at the level to maybe assist on a wedding, like do like skincare or do foundation applications or to put on people's lips, like while other, the senior artists are doing something bigger, like full looks then, you know, this is what you would earn and this is how the payment works. And I've had so many artists be like, oh my gosh, like you're going to pay me. And I'm right. like, yeah, why would I? like, I don't understand. Like, mm -hmm. and I know I have to think back to when I graduated from school because I remember doing a lot of work that was for free TFP mm -hmm. and they even tell you in school, oh, a long you're going to spend a long time working for free and make sure that you do this and you do that collaboration and spend the time a lot. And, you know, I'm a, I'm very spoiled by my parents. So when there were classmates of mine who were like, I don't live at home with my parents. I don't talk to my parents or I work like a full-time job and I go to school full-time. How am I supposed to go for free and do these makeups? I have to admit, I didn't get it. I was like, because I didn't right. have life. Right. I didn't have those kind of struggles for me to see how difficult that would be for someone else. Mm -hmm. So now in a position to give people opportunities, as much as I know that that's a common practice, I decided that I don't want to take people's apprenticeship time without paying them. So with whomever out of the juniors who I'm speaking with now that goes through the process and then we decide to bring them on to assist um, there, they will be paid. And I hope that it goes towards them building their kits and furthering their education and towards what their bills even, and helps mm -hmm. make them feel more confident. It's so important because you just never know the talent you could be missing out on just based on 
that small thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you say, okay, yeah, it's unpaid, it's experienced, it's your portfolio, it's et cetera. Sure, it still can be a great opportunity, but there could be people that just simply can't afford it and you just never know the talent that you're missing. Um, so I think that it's definitely mutually beneficial, but it's also so, um, it's so responsible of you to have that practice. And I think it speaks to like just your brand in general, that that's something that's important for you to do, right? Well, thank you. I do try to focus animations on uplifting our clients and my team members. So you touched on a little bit about having, you know, paid junior artists, which is kind of, you know, you help, you hear a lot of people talking now about um, paid internships and stuff and, and really valuing your people for their time. So that is definitely one way that you give back to your industry. But I know that I've seen and, you know, been a part of some of the other initiatives that you've taken. So how, how else do you give back to your industry, to your community in general? Like, tell me a little bit about that kind of stuff that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, since opening here in Ontario, we've done a couple of, uh, a few things actually. One is that we were raising money last year um, in the first couple of months of COVID to uh, donate to uh, healthcare workers. So we donated money um, to, to support hospitals and their staff with supplies that were desperately needed during COVID. So additional masks and sanitation materials, X, Y, Z. So we were doing that through donations and also through bookings. So there's quite a few contracts that are active right now where the brides were able to put down X amount as a deposit to hold their wedding day, but whatever amount that they put down would actually be taken to be donated. Okay. Yeah. Or it, that same amount would be taken off of their bill as a discount, but it would be donated towards this particular uh, movement. And then mm -hmm. we did uh, another fundraiser where we were donating money to um, the Canadian Center for uh, Human Trafficking. So we did that over the holiday and we were basically raffling off um, two prizes, one here in Ontario and one in Alberta. So there were two winners. Tickets started at just $5 for one ticket so you could buy as many as you like. And then all of the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds went towards um, the Center for Human Trafficking and they were able to win a great prize. It was a free hair and makeup appointment whenever restrictions lift with their choice of um, a premium add-on, like a set of hair extensions or something like that is what would come awesome. with, like a little kit with like a, like a lipstick or something like that in a kit. So that was really good. And then the, the latest one that we've done was during Black History Month. We did have a fundraiser this time we didn't take the money and then donate it. We actually set it up so that people could go directly to our LinkedIn bio, which was the donation page for um, Black Business and Professional Association, which is based here in Toronto. So it's, it's an organization that helps to um, promote financial literacy as well as give scholarships and trainings to um, Black youths here in Ontario to advance them towards entrepreneurial goals and to increase how many businesses are black owned and black run here in, in Toronto. So that was amazing. So we encouraged that by creating a beautiful basket 
Um, it was valued at $250 full of beauty goodies from black brands that are super famous. One of which, Queen Fidence Cosmetics is based out of Saskatchewan, so that was Canadian. And uh, a bunch of hair care from the main tabulism was the brand that's based in the US. And then the second brand was Pat McGrath. So that was like a high-end luxury makeup line. And all $250 worth of that was in wow. a basket. So we did choose a winner already. And uh, I, I came up actually with a second prize for a subsidiary winner, winner to win a set of the Queen Fidence Cosmetics as well. So she she's um, engaged and she's going to be married hopefully next year. Um, so that was cool that it was like a little surprise. Oh, and there's, a next, there's another winner of one of the pieces. And mm -hmm. the money, uh, all of the donations went straight to the Black Business and Professional Association. So that was so, so awesome. I'm so glad that animations could be involved in three really important fundraisers over the last, it's not even been a year since my first one. And um, yeah, you know, this is our community now. Canada is our community and we're based in Alberta and we're also based here as a business. Of course, we want our community to be healthy as much as we want our business to be running healthy, right? So we're all a big family here and I'm so glad that we're able to be involved in whatever way that we can. Definitely, definitely. And it's great that you do that, you know, because a lot of times people can kind of lose touch with what else is going on in the world and get lost in their little bubble. Um, I do have some fun stuff that I want to get into in a minute. Not that our chat hasn't been fun, but I'm going to put you on the spot with kind of a rapid fire in a minute. Um, but just in terms of COVID, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you had mentioned at the beginning of our chat that last year was so busy for you, even though for most of us, the world kind of stopped. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you did through COVID, how you maintained in an event-based business with no events happening um, or, you know, very little events, a lot of people pushing weddings back. Um, tell me a little bit about what, what that looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So restrictions were definitely different in Alberta. And since I still handle administration there, um, depending on what their restrictions were at the time, we were still active during Alberta weddings, for sure. Of course, we followed along what the maximum person count would be. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually did some trials that were allowed just from the eyes up. So full foundation contour, everything just from here up, full eyes. And then we were able to do a couple of things like that. Here in Ontario, quite a few people moved their weddings outside of any zoning. Mm -hmm. um, to have their weddings. So we were able to do that. So thankfully as a mobile business, we went super far to do a lot of weddings last year, but it was great. Very flexible. How beautiful Ontario is. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course at different times of the year, things were allowed and other things were not allowed. So even so, if it was hair was allowed, Mm -hmm. Hair has pretty much been allowed the entire time, except during gray zone lockdown. Um, so we've been doing a lot of that as well. And I actually bought like a dolly head for the, mm -hmm. for my team to practice on if they ever, you know, come to the studio or come over here to practice hairstyles because I knew so many of the weddings would be hair based versus makeup. Mm -hmm. For sure. And even just doing eye looks like we've even chatted like eyes make so much of your makeup right so 
you can, you know, get a great contour or not, right? Depending on your artist. We've talked about that too. But the eyes, I think most people can do face stuff. So they're kind of like, if you can really make my eyes look great, we can, we can figure out the rest. So yes. definitely good strategy there. Yeah, absolutely. But no, that's, that was major for us. So on top of all of that, of course, we had proper PPE shields, masks, um, for people who were either like more mature or immunocompromised, we also bring fresh, never been used sets of brushes to use on them so that it's that much um, more sanitary and safe. And we use as many disposable but environmentally created products as possible and tools so that if we do have to dispose of items, um, they're recyclable or they're sustainable. Awesome. So um, we are getting, you know, to the end of our chat here. I do have um, a quick little rapid fire. So I'm going to kind of just spit some questions at and you got to just answer them really quickly. Um, okay. So we will, I think there, I think I only have like 10 here. Uh, so how long does it take you to get ready in the morning? Oh my gosh. Something like this, what I've just done took about 35 minutes. And this is what I would do. <laughs> Rapid fire, rapid fire. Come on. Uh, favorite look? Um, definitely thick black eyeliner and a nude lip with a, with a really, really matte face. That's my favorite for myself. Uh, make a product you can't live without. Oh, wow. Uh, I would say the Milk Hydro Grip Primer is just outstanding. Love it. I saw you use that on one of your uh, Instagram reels. So I think I'm going to have to try it. Um, hair, curly or straight? It's straight right now, but I actually love my hair in the wavy curly. It just makes me feel like, you know, Moana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up do or down do? Down. I love my hair down. I love well, if it's up, it has to look like it's down, which is what I have right now. <laughs> Heels or flats? I will say in between at saying wedges and booties. I love a booty with a, like a thick heel. I think it's an I Alberta. I love a booty. No, I love a booty too. <laughs> it, it dresses, it dresses you up, but it also keeps you comfortable. So I love yeah. heels, but for like an all day type thing, I got to go with the booty to stay comfortable. Hoops or studs? Hoops all day. All day. That's the Scarborough on you. Oh, yeah. uh, favorite movie love story? Oh, wow. Um, this is going to sound really so strange. I love the love story between um, Star-Lord and Cora in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> You've lost me. I, I've never even seen it, but celebrity style that you love. Like beauty style? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there is one model. Lord, if I could remember her first name, but her first name starts with E. Her last name is Rajkowski or something like that. She's a famous model. She's always on Instagram. Hung Van Gogh. Of course, I remember the makeup artist first and last name because I met him. Is her makeup artist. She just had a baby. She always has the most beautiful makeup. It's, a very, it's like Selena Gomez, but more adult. It's how I could describe it. Very just okay. breathless and sexual. I love it. It's beautiful. Celebrity style you don't love. I feel like I understand what people are doing with Anne Hathaway's makeup, but I think a lot more could be done with her makeup. She has a beautiful face. This is starting to do this, 
you can't do the eyeliner like that anymore. It has to come, whoever's doing it needs to stop. They just have to freshen it all up. She can't keep doing that all the time. You know, she's not Bridget Bardot. Got to do something new now. It's got to be fresh. I think that she all can right. look better. So, uh, Anne Hathaway's makeup artist, if you're listening, uh, can you just reach out to Annika and um, she'll uh, give you, she'll give you some uh, constructive criticism. <laughs> well, Annika, that's, that's all that I have for you. Um, thank you so much for, you know, hanging out with me today and sharing, you know, your story. It's so inspirational. Uh, anybody that's listening or, you know, down the line, if this does hit YouTube watching, um, how can people get in touch with you? Well, I have Instagram at animations makeup that's a n n i m a t i o n s m k u p uh also our website of the exact same name www.animationsmakeup.com and there's also an animations makeup facebook page so you're welcome to contact me either way or if for any inquiries it's just info at animationsmakeup.com you can talk to me directly awesome so again thank you so much for hanging out and uh I'm going to go and pick up that milk primer now because <laughs> if it makes me look like you, then I'll take all the help that, and also just shameless plug the one product, I guess I didn't say skincare product, but I really thought you were going to say SPF, but. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't care if you're inside. I don't care if you don't put your lights on there. There are rays coming from your cell phones, people. And I know you'd be on your phones. There are rays everywhere, guys. So get that SPF on. Daily, please. <laughs> Thank you again, Annika, so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, we will be releasing new episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can check out our website at www.empower2.org. You're listening to In Her Words, a podcast by Empower2.